This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the One who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, today we talk about one of the great stories in the Gospel of John, the story of the man born blind. Last week we looked at the woman at the well. Next week we'll look at the raising of Lazarus. Right here in the middle of Lent, the church gives us three of the most magnificent readings in the New Testament. These great narratives taken from John's Gospel that are full of great characters, great dialogue, and very powerful spiritual insight. They're all about who is Jesus Christ? What does he mean? How does he affect us? We saw last week with the woman at the well, this woman caught in the rhythm of errant desire. Like all of us, she's hungry and thirsty for God, yet she seeks God in all the wrong places. She comes to that well over and over again. Jesus says, I will give you living water. What he's doing there is adjusting and ordering her will, which has been thrown off kilter. The story today, from a little later in John's Gospel, the man born blind. Have you noticed how often in the New Testament blindness is used as a spiritual symbol? We don't see. Sin has weakened the will, yes. It's also clouded the mind, clouded our vision spiritually. We don't see things as they are. So, for example, in Mark's Gospel, you have the blind Bartimaeus, the man who sits by the walls of Jericho. That's, of course, a spiritual symbol, the walls of Jericho symbolizing the sinful city. He sits by those walls, and he's unable to see, and he cries out to Jesus. Another blind man, Jesus leads out of the village and then cures him and tells him, don't go back into the village. The same spiritual symbolism that the village somehow has made him blind. So here we see it now in John's Gospel. Mind you, a man born blind. John is turning up the spiritual heat. We are meant to identify with this man because all of us in original sin have been born blind. What is our blindness? Well, it'll appear in the course of this story. But let me just hint at it. The great church father, Origen, said, to be holy is to see with the eyes of Christ. To see the world as Christ sees it from God's perspective. How does God see the world? All things participating in God and therefore all things connected to one another. The deepest truth, as I've often said, the deepest truth about things is that we are connected to each other in love because we are all grounded and rooted in the Creator God. To see the world that way is to see it aright, 
to see it correctly in the right light. Look, who are the saints? The saints are those who see correctly and therefore live out of that vision. The saints are the ones who can say, even, yes, I love my enemy. I bless those who curse me. I pray for those who maltreat me because they know that underneath all of those divisions, there is a deeper and more abiding truth. The man born blind, which is to say every one of us, that's somebody who doesn't see right, who's blind to this deep truth, who instead sees the world as a collection of antagonistic individuals. My ego, my prerogatives, my life over and against yours. You are above all a threat to me or an opportunity for my own aggrandizement. That's blindness, Christians. That's spiritual blindness. Now, let's look at the narrative itself. Jesus sees this man born blind. He's probably begging at the gate, as blind people in those days were forced to do. The disciples say to him, Lord, whose sin is it, his or his parents, that's responsible for his blindness? In other words, look how antagonistic they are immediately. They're looking for a way to blame him. This odd man, this blind man, they want to blame him. Whose sin is responsible? Jesus, operating out of the correct vision, says it's no one's sin. But in fact, he will be used to manifest the glory of God. Jesus has compassion on him and now wants to bring him to vision. He then utters one of the great lines of John's Gospel. I am the light of the world. In John's Gospel, you have a whole series of these statements. The I am statements. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the vine. Well, here we find I am the light. I am the light by which you see in which you move, without which you stumble. I'm the light. You want to see correctly? You want to move well through your life? Be grafted onto me. Have my mind in you, my will in you, my imagination in you, my way of seeing things. When Paul says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, he's witnessing to this. He's saying Christ's light is now lighting up my life from the inside. Then Jesus approaches this man. He spits on the ground, and he makes a kind of paste, a sort of salve. The symbolism here is very powerful. St. Augustine's commentary, the spittle represents the divinity of Christ, his divine power. The earth represents his humanity. The incarnation itself is the salve that heals sin-sick eyes. Jesus rubbing the salve in this man's eye, well, that's Christ himself being rubbed into our eyes. His incarnation, his presence among us, is what allows us to see. Notice something else, beautiful detail. Jesus here is forming something out of clay. 
He's playing here with the dust of the earth and turning it into a creative power. Well, in the book of Genesis, God fashions the first man out of the clay of the earth. The Hebrew word, by the way, Adama, for clay, that's Adam's name. Who is Jesus here? He's the creator God who creates us from nothing. What's he noticing in this blind man? There's a kind of unfinished work of creation, and he wants to finish it. So he gives him vision. When the Lord Jesus Christ looks into us and sees that we are blind, what does he want? The creator in him wants to make that from nothing. Look, when I'm spiritually lost, I'm blind. I can't restore my own vision. But through his creative power, my vision can be restored. Notice the detail. Maybe I've mentioned this before to you. One of the earliest terms to describe Jesus is soter in the Greek. It just means healer. The Latin version of that is salvator. That means the bearer of salus, which means health. But the closest word in English to that is salve. Salve, S-A-L-V-E. That's what Jesus makes here is a salve, a kind of paste, a healing balm. He is the Savior in that sense, healing our blind eyes. He tells him to go and wash the pool. And when the man does, he comes back able to see. Another lovely detail. Nothing is, is peripheral in John's Gospel. Why the pool? Well, the pool is evocative of baptism. Look, all of us are baptized into Christ Jesus. We're washed in his water. But baptism means that we share his life. We're drawn into his life. How do we see? How do we learn how to see? In the church. Baptized into the power of Christ Jesus and then grafted onto his body, joining his church, we are able to see. You know, part of this, Christians, is all of us in the church teach each other how to see. When someone says to you, no, you're not seeing that right. You're not looking at the world as a Christian. Well, that's the church, the community of the baptized that's helping you to see. That's wonderful detail, that he washes in the pool and then his sight returns. Now, you might say, at this point, I suppose the story is basically over. Jesus finds this man born blind. He salves him, he washes him, and he gives him his sight. End of the story. Well, not really. In fact, in John's telling, the story just begins to heat up around this time. Notice something curious, and you'll find it frequently in the Gospels. Jesus does something amazing. Heal someone. He manifests God's creative power. What's the reaction? Oh, sometimes people are amazed and grateful and so on. But how often in the scriptures the reaction is one of anger, disappointment. How could he do this? Outrage. People aren't overjoyed when they see God acting. They're, they're shocked and dismayed by it. Look at the Pharisees now in this story. They try everything in their power to undermine what's just happened. Their first move, 
well, this just looks like that man who was blind. This really isn't the blind man. And then, of course, the blind man says, nope, it's me. It's me, all right. Then they try a subtler trick, a legal trick. Well, he cured you on the Sabbath day. Therefore, he is not a disciple of Moses. Therefore, he's not following the law. He can't be from God. The man that cured you is, in fact, working in league with dark powers. The blind man, in a beautiful statement, just says, Look, I don't know if, if he's a sinner or not. All I know is that I was blind, and now I can see. He is stating the simple spiritual facts. He's come to vision through Christ. What are they trying to do? Everything in their power to deny it. Now, why? Why? Here's, I think, the question John is forcing us to ask and answer. Why are they opposed to it? Well, I think the clue might be from the very beginning of the story. I mentioned the disciples said, Lord, whose sin caused this, his own or his parents? What were they asking? Lord, can't we blame him? Isn't he responsible or someone close to him responsible for this? Look, it's an in-group trying to find a scapegoat whom they can blame. Defining themselves and their own privileges, their own goodness, over and against the evil of somebody else. Are the Pharisees playing the same game? Yes, I think. They're the ultimate in-group. We're the followers of Moses. We're the good ones. How do we define ourselves? By, def by pointing out someone who's outside of our group. Someone who's worthy of blame. Someone shameful. What Jesus does by curing this man is he brings him back into the community. He wants him fully involved, fully alive. But the Pharisees and the disciples, they don't want him in the community. They want him excluded. Look, what's the vision at work here? The vision is seeing as God sees, all of us connected to each other. What annoys the Pharisees? They're blind and they don't see it. They want a world full of division, separation. Jesus wants us to see as God sees, all of us connected to God and to each other. God bless. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. To purchase copies of The Word on Fire, call 847-297-4360. That's 847-297-4360.